listening to The Portable Foodie. My name is Paris. I live in Devon in the UK with my husband of many years. I'm not a chef or even a particularly good cook, but food and eating is my passion. Sunny Budley, and it's my day off, and I'm in the spare room, being tremendously industrious. This room might resemble some sort of refugee camp, but it is in fact the beginning of our French road trip. Our car, a Citroen DS4, is fairly small, and our tent fairly large, so there must be planning and organisation and other horrible words like compromise and value for money. I have to get this right, because for every single item we take, we leave less space for wine to restock our racks at home. Carl and I have favoured camping for years. In fairly large part, this is due to the considerable savings that we can then spend on dining out, cheese, salt, butter, cured meats, bags of Roscoff onions, foie gras, artichoke, anchovies, lardon, and those little biscuits from Super Ooh that Carl adores. Starting from a tiny two-man tent, two Chad Valley Lilos, and a spluttering multi-fuel stove, we now own the latest and best for our needs. We pack and pitch like a well-oiled expedition. We have carpet and a radio, holders for wine glasses, light beams, and even plants for outside the door. But our cookery equipment has hardly changed. It still all fits into a single box, and it's still really basic in a way, if carefully chosen but the food we cook has certainly changed. And it's not just us. Thanks in no small part to the Great British Recession, the subsequent glittering glamping phenomenon has generated countless books on outdoor cookery, camp cookery, canvas cuisine, call it what you will. In a tent, near a tent, on a tent, thinking of a tent, in the wilds, at a festival, with children, on your own, on a budget, or off your head. You name it, somebody has published it, and somebody bought it. And it's a good thing to see. Camping food has finally had its collar felt, and as expectancies were gently raised for home cookery from a nation that found itself unable to afford to eat out or takeaways, so was camping food. Badly scorched sausages with a squidge of ketchup, flabby damp bacon or rubbery grey burgers, long the traditional fare of life under canvas, are suddenly no longer good enough. Single burners have been replaced by double burner hobs and grills, Aerosol cans of butane gas, replaced by gas bottles. Plastic cutlery and glasses, replaced by the real thing. Crappy plastic plates, replaced by composite and bamboo. Slowly but surely, it's all getting better. Of course, camping will always be the one place where a simple hot dog tastes somehow better than anywhere else. Eaten in big mouthfuls of too hot sausage, tomato ketchup and soft doughy white rolls, even thinking about it, I unconsciously find myself wanting to make those low, almost feral nom-nom sounds whilst keeping a weather eye on my precariously parked wine glass. I suppose it depends on your outlook. For some, food is incidental while camping, immediate sustenance after a hard day's fun. Soul fuel, if you like. Oh, I like that. You heard it here first. Soul fuel for tomorrow's upcoming enjoyment. But for us, predictably, priorities are somewhat different. The lure of new tastes and ingredients just isn't something we can let pass by. Stumbling upon a local market, inevitably we find ourselves wanting most of it. Wondering if we could get this or that home without it spoiling. There is real excitement in buying something unknown or previously unavailable to us. 
In towns or regions where the production of a particular food dominates, such as artichokes and onions in Roscoff, Muscadet in the Vendée, or black pudding in Clonakilty, there is always a great opportunity to gleefully grab a lot of it for later consumption, and that's why we travel with a cool box in the car. We take the opportunity to quixotically gorge ourselves on these serendipitous delights. Discovering a glut of asparagus going for a song at one stall, then longestine in unusually large wriggling mounds on seemingly every other stall in another town. This creates the lasting memory of a blissful afternoon in the sunshine. Asparagus and longestine eaten straight from a little barbecue griddle placed between two deck chairs. Simple accompaniments of a little pot of melted butter, baguette and a bottle of wine from the same market. A warm afternoon seen through a wine glass. Buttery fingers, sunburned foreheads and overturned paperbacks on the grass. In days gone by, we did daftly extravagant things when camping. Just to see if you could, or indeed should. That and being able to show off to the tent next door. Some worked. Some, some are best thought about with head bowed and a moment's silence. As with all things culinary, slowly but surely your taste buds and patience dictate the final outcome. Slowly, our very own tried and trusted set dishes have evolved. They work well, make the best use of our available equipment, and the ingredients we are likely to have access to. So what do we take? Carl and I are really keen campers, and we've been camping for quite a while. It fits in quite well, because the money we save camping, we can blow on food. So, what have we got in our kitchen box? Well, first things first, in the top, a couple of basic but very good barbecue tools. It's just no point buying cheap and, and crappy stuff. You'll end up throwing it away. Uh, that shouldn't be in there, nor should that, or frankly that. Um, first things first, two insulated mugs. Can't live without our insulated mugs, they go everywhere with us. The largest thing in our, our box. A big 30 centimetre black iron pan. Black iron pans are probably the sort of cheapest thing that you'll find in a, a restaurant kitchen. Um, this is a real big one. Um, being black iron, it has absolutely no finish on it whatsoever. And really, the more you abuse it, the better it gets. This pan gets used specifically with um, this thing here, which is quite a lump. A lot of people would say it resembles a large black iron um, gas ring, the sort of thing that roofers would use to uh, melt tar for flat roofs. And the reason for that is because it is actually a large black iron gas ring that a roofer would use for melting tar in. But it works very well with a black iron pan because it can heat up the pan evenly across the surface and uh, can keep plenty of heat in it. Downside is obviously it does use quite a lot of gas. Definitely worth the money. Uh, next out of the box we have uh, probably 16 centimetre uh, copper casserole dish. It's a general usage pot, gets used for most things. Um, inside that there is a big, a big bag of arborio rice, some popcorn, some matches, why I don't know. Moving on from there, we've got um, four bamboo plates. I will not, under any circumstances, eat off plastic. It's just, life is too short. 
um, bing bamboo these bounce don't break easy to wash does the job next to that we do have some uh, little plastic green plastic bowls but um, they're tiny we use them more for nibbles than anything else one good chef's knife not a particularly good brand made by Anlon cheap and cheerful it's about 17 centimeters it's reasonably easy to sharp and it won't stain or get any horrible rust on it when it's left in the box next to that is some skewers so if you get a bit of meat or something like that you can quickly skewer them up and stick them on a barbecue some olive oil always worth keeping in the box uh, some knives and forks again eating off plastic an oyster shucker um, it's a bit of an indulgence I suppose but it is quite short is quite short and believe me if you will only open oysters once without using an oyster shucker it is the fastest way to lose a limb oh yes Tin foil, really, really good tin foil. Get the best you can get. Tin foil should always go with you camping. Um, you can make it, you can wrap fish in it with a bit of leeks and put it in the barbecue. Um, it's got so many different uses, you wouldn't believe it. And I will not travel without it. Um, two big and cheap wine glasses from Carrefour in France. Two flutes. Um, funny enough, on our last camping trip, as we were walking out the door, um, Carl said, have you bought the flutes? And I said, no. And he said, well, I can't drink fizz out of anything else. It doesn't taste right. And for a second, it just stopped me. And I realised, you know, all those years ago, we started with little plastic wine glasses and they were just fine and anything else was an indulgence and just sort of noted how far we've come now in that, you know, we insist on having that. But there you go. Right, next is my box of tricks. This is the one that saves my life when we camp. Um, what I've got, it's, it's quite hard to describe in a way, it's actually a lot of probably 16 little tiny storage boxes, about twice the size of a matchbox maybe, um, that all interlock in a little device that holds onto them. And these contain all my sort of herbs and spices, which when you're camping can really help bring your food alive. So I have in here, oh, oh I can smell that without opening, that's smoked paprika, uh, that's some dried chilli, um, that's some dried, I think that's smoked ancho chili. This is, oh yeah, several different OXO cubes. That is miso paste. Um, miso paste has got a kind of nice umami, sort of mouth-filling flavour to it. Um, and it's really, really handy if you've got a dish that tastes a bit thin. Um, it doesn't have to be sort of Japanese. Works in a lot of dishes. Um, some salt, rough ground pepper in that one. That's leaking everywhere. More salt. Stock used, but these are the sort of liquid kinds. Quite good. That is cumin. That is dried thyme. Bit of mint in there as well. Uh, monosodium glutamate. Why I took that, I don't know. I think that's corn flour. But all these things are your little lifesavers. They're the things you forget to bring and wish you had. Uh, I keep about four or five of them empty, and then just before we go, I'll usually add in um, some fresh garlic cloves, some sun-dried tomatoes, some sage, some powdered mustard, oh, and probably some uh, oregano. Just just anything that looks good at the time, and it, it obviously sort of depends where we're going and the time of year as well. Uh, next to those, we have a chopping board. Now this is an actual fact. Uh, it's probably a 12-inch long plank of kiln-dried wood courtesy of my father. Uh, the reason why I don't use a normal chopping board, you know, the ones made of softwood, is because they break. Um, a chopping board, like everything in a camping world, should be multi-purpose. And believe me, once you've been camping once, you'll know it. 
So you need something you can bang tent pegs in, lean on, throw at someone. Uh, and this works quite well. Uh, then I've got, I've got a series of three nested aluminium pans. They're sort of pressed alloy, very, very thin. They murder just about everything you cook because they're so thin and they scorch. And they have this little sort of removable handle thingy. I mean, um, the reason why I haven't thrown them out is because I haven't found anything sufficiently small with which to replace them. Um, they fit ideally in our box. I am. I would very much like to bring um, just one or two little saucepans, but we just don't have the room at the moment. And lastly, our cooker. Now this is a very run-of-the-mill, conventional, two-burner little gas hob thing with a grill underneath it. Nothing special about it. Just got it from a local camping shop. Oh, I also have, which reminds me I need to replace the seal, uh, a Bialetti um, cafetiere. There's no excuse for having lousy coffee when you're on holiday. It takes up hardly any room. So that always comes with us too. And that's pretty much it for our box. Must have ingredients. Here's our list of must-have ingredients to take with you camping. Arborio rice. It lasts forever and goes a very long way. Sun-dried tomato paste. It doesn't just pack a massive punch of umami, it also gives a big injection of colour. I'm not talking about the stuff in tubes either, though it's pretty good. I do mine with a couple of bags of sun-dried tomatoes, sold cheaply enough in Julian Graves. I allow them to reconstitute in as little water as I dare before blending to a smoothish paste and decanting into a kilner jar. Bag of flour. Don't buy it when you get there, regardless of where you're going. The bag will tear somehow and believe me, you don't want that in a humid tent. Take a few big spoonfuls in a Tupperware box. Cider vinegar. Sounds daft, but believe me, take it and you'll use it. It also lasts forever, cures meats and fish, Clean stuff, and if you've got enough left, you can of course make a dressing with it. Dried chilli flakes. When the food doesn't taste as good as you wanted, dried chilli flakes can make it edible. To mark yourself out as a real hardcore camper, here's a list of things to appropriate en route to your destination. 1. Those little thimbles of UHT milk or cream. Yep, yeah, I know they're not great, but the need for early morning tea or coffee will override this. Two. Butter pats. This is obvious, of course. In any tent or caravan, anything loosely wrapped is a bad idea, so the little miniature portions of butter are ideal. 3. Sugar sachets. This is an obvious one. 4. Empty water or soft drink bottle. You'll use this to make dressings. 5. Stirring sticks. I'm talking about the little wooden ones you get in Costa Coffee. So you can do the obvious and stir your coffee with it, but they are also great for lollipop kebabs if you soak them in water first. And afterwards, they can go back in the barbecue. If all goes according to plan, we should depart on the 19th courtesy of Brittany Ferries. Our first stop will be Ile de Moutier, an island off the coast of the Vendée, where I have a long-standing desire to revisit a shop selling the very best macaroons in the known universe. So I'll catch up with you again there. Until then, you've been listening to The Portable Foodie. If you've even halfway enjoyed this episode, do me one favour. Click subscribe and submit a review on iTunes. Questions and comments are of course always welcomed at theportablefoodie at gmail.com. <laughs>